Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Tony Kemp, he's right across from me. Morena, Uncle. Morena, Atamaria. I love seeing you in the, uh, in the studio, Izzy. It's awesome, mate, when you come up uh, to Tamaki and, and spend the day with us. Um, yeah, man, bit starstruck, to be honest. Starstruck sitting here, got my name up in lights next to the All Black Legend 66 test, <laughs> that famous drop goal that we heard about last week. You know, oh. punter extraordinaire. Um, mate, yeah, what a day. What a day yesterday. You know, awesome. Mm. No, it is. It's huge. Huge day for Yunk, and great to have you part of the team, and, and we're just going to go forward and, and rip into We need to do a new photo, though. You've got your, obviously... We got the message yesterday when I was just going to the airport. Bring some some styly clothes, you know. Bring a shirt and a, maybe a still uh, a bit of colour and keep a, a his suit hair jacket. In that I know. photo that's super superimposed. So what are we talking there? The late seventies. <laughs> oh, I made that photo. That's a oh, I did a I did an article for um, E Tangata last year. That photo's sitting down at the Wanung actually. Um, told a little bit of a life story. Mm. So I do remember the photo. Um, but yes, I'm looking forward to getting a few photos today and putting them next to you. You're, you sort of look like you've got a good Photoshop picture there. I'm pretty sure the guy will do a good shot Photoshop of me as well when he gets it done. But, yeah, no, no, they're photos, eh? I'm few not really bothered though. about that. A few questions. Tell us, is that Craig David, you know, on the, on the jaw? You know, the little, little Craig David. And, and another question, you know, don't jump over the desk and twat me around the ears on day two. But, Louis, you reckon we could shave that off one day? <laughs> the princess died. The princess died. Not a chance. Have you ever had? Like, have you ever been without it? Oh yeah, I take it off. I give it a bit of new growth. Yeah. Um, maybe once or twice a year, mm. I just take it off. It takes a little while to grow back, but um, no. Nah, normally, I just get the old clippers out and give it a clipper up and shave I thought, it. I up. thought you used a whippersnapper. To <laughs> no, it's not that. It's actually. You can't talk, you know. You've got bugger all in your face as well. So, um, nah, mate. It took me, like I said, it took twenty six years to get a little bit of a goatee mm. to when it started. Um, now I don't want to take another twenty six years to grow it back. It makes me look a little bit older, like you, is it? It's intimidating, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and no, nah, no, nah, you'll never get that off me. Okay. Okay, I was just always uh, having a wee think or looking at just, it. I'm just, checking really out well. your, I'm just checking out your cannons. No, it's just really well <laughs> manicured. Huh? It's really well manicured. Do you put obviously a lot of time and effort into that every morning, you, you know, shaping it up? 100%. 100%, yep. Mm. No, a little bit of um, man-cured in the mornings and, you know, make sure the hair's all, all done properly and the moisturiser goes on. And my kids give me a, give me a little bit of... Um, Jib about that. Now I've always had, you know, had the moisturiser in the bathroom. I remember when I was a young, I was having moisturiser when I was like fourteen, and I remember my mate saying moisturiser. Mm. What are you using moisturiser for? You know, we used to use that old oil of Ulay. Remember that? It was in a little. What are you talking jar. about? Yeah, yeah. Well, you should try it. You should try it. That's mate. why you've got good skin. Eh? I must admit, you got good skin, Uncle. You got no crinkles. You know where bloke gets all his wrinkles above his eyebrows. You know, on the forehead, right up there. I've got a few up there. Yeah, a bit so. of self care, mate. Just try and try and do that every day, but um, well, even to the point that when you slept in, you turned up and the show. We were about twenty minutes into the show, but mm. you'd somehow come through with your head up. 
<laughs> Every day, brother. So Every no, day. Have you, uh, you've seen those movies, eh? And, and you, you, they're, they're mainly checks, anyway. They're mainly checks. They lie on the pillow with their hands up like this. And they lie in there. They don't put their head on the pillow. And they're like that. And they're like, that's Kempi. That's Kempi. Not a chance, His head ain't in the pillow. His, he's got his arm, his hand, and, and his head's in his palm. And he's yeah. just lying there going. Either that or it's a big piece of Lego. <laughs> it's, it's a wig. It's a wig. <laughs> you, you and Scott H's and the robots, the bots have this Lego here. Yeah. <laughs> this no, it's enough on me, eh? Hey, lucky you gave options, eh, Uncle? Oh, mate, that's right. We yep. all love a good lid. There's plenty, Tell me about plenty it. of identity in that. There's plenty <laughs> of identity in that. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, uh, Louis, how you been, bud? You're good? Yeah, loving it. Um, yesterday, boys, it was a great day. I watched a lot of basketball, and um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, actually. The, the Phoenix Suns-Dallas Mavericks game has kind of inspired me for my can't-wait question of the day today. Uh, it's kind of a mix of news, is it, today? It, like, it's pretty sombre reading all the Olivia Pobmore fallout of mm. the cycling inquiry, this independent uh, inquiry into cycling New Zealand, and kind of hits you over the face that it's not really about cycling. This is kind of more about smaller, um, these NSOs, these sporting organisations that Olympic sports predominantly that are funded via High Performance Sport New Zealand and the pressures that go on these young people. And they are young people. Like, you know, we're not talking about um, often athletes in their 30s and definitely not 40s and where they're kind of moving to these centralised towns and the pain that they're going through to try and reach their goal and they're not getting paid that well to do it and, yeah, so reading the the findings into the uh, review that here in QC and, and the team Lieberman put together there yesterday was pretty sombre. So there's a mix of that. Um, there's a couple of horses I'm waiting to go around this week that mm. I don't want to tip out just yet because we haven't quite got the odds at the tab.co.nz, but there's a couple that are, are looking likely. And um, as Dom says, boys, when are we hitting the pub to polish back a few beers and punt winners to celebrate the new confirmed breakfast team? <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Dommy. He'll be on the work site. No doubt his boss, Willie, will be running a solid cut of the... No, he's in Fiji. Boys will be... Boys will be, you know, rocking up to work a bit, a little four bit later smokers. today. Yeah, four, four smokers. smokers. Enjoy, Dommy, and uh, keep those tips coming through, and for sure, we'll catch up. Did you ever go to that rugby training? I didn't. I had to go to... I was, uh, it was Hachi Shout the Bar. Oh. So... Didn't make it, but I still, still owe you. I still owe you one, Dom. One hundred percent. Before the end of the year, I'll definitely be there. Um, mm. Yeah, I've got your number, so I'll be in touch. And um, in the meantime, Kimpy, you kind of now you now you're here, and you're kind of here for good. Like, there's a couple of things we need to probably sort out. <laughs> we haven't sorted that out in the first three months. What now is you, it? You probably owe us another song. Oh, okay. I'll whip so one of those out for you. Note that down. And Izzy's just pumped out a new Quizzy Dad track, so you, yeah, you're, you're, Izzy? No, no, the, oh, the, oh, the one we've got. The best. Mate, I'd, I'd go to bed at night singing that. <laughs> While nah. in bed, and I'm going, oi, oi, oi. <laughs> I, I really want to re-record re, re that. I just feel like, you know, like my, my rock kind of tones weren't really, really matching it, but hey, gave it a good go, and, and that's what it's about, and things we do, and you got to remember... You go on the draw if you win Quizzy Dag to head to the Gold Coast for the V8 supercars. Every morning, every morning, Quizzy Dag, 640-ish, 0800-150-811. A trip to the Gold Coast, flights, accommodation, all covered, courtesy of Willamint Travel. Remember, call us. We want to go. We want to send you. Well, I'm going. Well, you're, Do you want to go? Yeah, I'm in the draw. It's a double send. You are in the draw. Mm. And... um. 
Hon är hon är mysterad. Hon fångar mamma. Somewhere. Here's my can't wait question of the day today. And it's a little bit different, but I think together, collectively, on 0800-150-811, the Kenatsai phone line, and 8833, we should be able to come up with something quite good. Yesterday, the day was about the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic, he's 23 years of old. He came out and scored the first eight points in a Game 7 to go to the Western Conference Finals in the NBA. If you're not an American sports fan, that's okay. Don't panic. Don't turn your radio off. Stay with me. He pretty much came out there put up 35 points in 30 minutes and dominated the Phoenix Suns and broke their spirit. Why this is interesting and why this matters is because Phoenix had the best record in the NBA, another 60-plus win season. They had two All-NBA players, they had All-Stars, they had Devin Booker, who's not just Kendall Jenner's boyfriend, he's also fourth in the MVP race this year. They've got who they describe the point god, Chris Paul. If you're a basketball fan, you'll be acquainted with Chris Paul. Just put his playoff failures aside for the second. This team was the, the titled favourite heading into the playoffs. This team was really the team that came across most bulletproof. We spoke to Tom Abercrombie. He said Monty Williams, the coach, is the coach he'd like to play for. And for whatever reason, they lost four of their last five games and then lost 123-90 in a Game 7 in the NBA playoffs. They were down 48 points at one stage in that game yesterday. They had 25 points halfway through the second quarter. 25. This is one of the great no-shows in sport. So I want to ask you, what are some of the biggest letdowns in sport after the Suns no-show? You'll have plenty of options to choose from here. And to the best one, we've got a Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Pack. Uh, it's $150 worth of vitamins and cosmetics, and it's pretty, pretty exciting because it's Mayhem Sale at the Chemist Warehouse at the moment. So have a think about it. And on the other side, we're going to talk to you. What are some of the biggest letdowns in sport? With that context, the Phoenix Suns, they were so good. How did they lay this egg? What are some other comparable examples throughout sports history? It's 23 minutes past 6. It is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 28 minutes past 6. In honour of the Phoenix Suns' great egg laying yesterday, what are the biggest no-shows in sports? What are the biggest letdowns in sports? This team was meant to be a title favourite, and they got blown out by the Mavs in Game 7. I'm thinking the amount of... Ah proverbial that Shane Cameron chatted before he got knocked out by David Tua mm. and didn't even make it into the second minute or third minute, is he? Ooh. That was one of the great no-shows. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I went to the races that day in Hawke's Bay, got home, booked it, wasted 40 bucks, it was over. Yeah. I was like, oh, Lights what? on, lights, lights off. <laughs> lights that's on, it. lights off. Yeah, it was lights off for... Kenny Rainsfield. For Shane. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Team New Zealand, San Francisco, 7-1 <laughs> up. Oh, that's a good one. 7-1 up. That's early for And that. I'm watching it in Argentina with the All Blacks. We're in the, cha- we're in the team room. We're like, yeah, yeah. David oh. Kidwell's like the keys. Maybe and tomorrow. The- we'll get up tomorrow, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every day just got deflated and we, we lost from 7-1 up. Yeah. <laughs> Bleak. That's pretty deflating. There's something that springs to mind for me, mate. This is a good. This is actually a good one. This is a, a good one for us. But I had a phone call the week of this final, and my mate said, "You know, no way in the world we can win." Okay, paying dollar ten. The favourites were paying a dollar ten, and saying they couldn't win. 
And he was saying the Kiwis couldn't win. Mm. It was in the final. And I said, mate, oh. they're a chance. 2008 Rugby League World Cup mm. final. 2008 Rugby League World Cup final. 34-20 the Kiwis won that. They were saying in Australia, and I went to the first game, they lost it 30-6. to six. It was the best Australian side they've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> and the egg was laid. Hi, guys. The biggest no-show was Kimpy sleeping in and being I late for the it, show a month back. Cheers, Brian. <laughs> and um, how's this? My mighty Chiefs on the weekend barely winning against the Rebels. How can you be such a top team at the start of the comp and then put on such a bad performance against the Rebels? Yeah, that's what we're asking, Dom. Exactly that. Come through 0800 811. The biggest no-shows and letdowns in sport. The Phoenix Suns had mm. it all. And then they didn't. Wow. I've got $150 of a Chemist Warehouse Mayhem pack for you. It's early morning mayhem here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three. Light up the lines. What are some of the big no-shows and letdowns? It is half past six. Here's Auto Health News for Kubota. Loveracing.nz. A bit of racing chat after this. <laughs> 28 away from 7, 17th of May. And they're not letting you rest, Kempi. Now you're in the big seat, mate. None of this easy ride. That's what they're saying on double A, double three. Oh, you you want to talk about the Aussies and the biggest no show? What about four two Kiwis versus Fiji stacked Kiwi team? And the key was not in the Wii that night. No, and and it wasn't just that. We were losing everyone. We lost the Tonga. We lost the Fijians, and I think we finished about twelfth. I think in the in in a pool of 13. So it was a pretty ordinary <laughs> World Cup. One of the great blowouts that World Cup. Um, I think Adam Blair chewing his gum got more airtime than Mate, the next morning. Remember Jason Tomalolo pulled out right before the third, day before the, the team was meant to come together in Auckland. Mm. It was an absolute disaster. And Kitty then Kitty came out that week and found the key in the Wii and the rest of it was history. Mm. Uh, here's another one from James on the NBA theme. Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant. That's right. The Lakers team, this, one of the first super teams brought together, no show. Mm. Steve Nash's back went bad. That's a great one, James. Keep coming through. The 76ers. The super, tri- uh, super duo of Embiid and Harden. You see Shaq's comments? There's only one super duo. That is Kobe Bryant and Shaq. I love it. I'm going to head over and have a wee catch up with our man, the great man, Eric Murray. And as another independent inquiry into cycling was released yesterday, it would have been a day for reflection and frustration for many involved with high performance Olympic sports in New Zealand in particular those close to Olivia Podmore, whose passing was the catalyst for this yet another inquiry into the system that is failing athletes. Some findings out of this edition of a report that has been seen before again and again points to medals before people's culture and the one that lumps pressure on young New Zealanders who are in centralised programme with a power imbalance between them and those administrating their job. Uh, Eric Murray's on the show now and he's going to join us and we're going to rip into this, well, inquiry into Cycling New Zealand. But before then, before then, Eric, and we're just going to damp a little. Are you, are you still alive in, in the Dancing with the Stars, mate? Which Just before we get into nitty gritty, mate, are you still, uh, you know, you're still ripping up those dance floors? I didn't see it, Eric. I must apologise. We um, <laughs> we skated through. We had a dance off last night. So, um, yeah, mate, we need some votes. So, you know, I'll just say right now, if anyone wants to text message uh, Eric to double three double three, then I'd love your vote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, love it, Eric, mate. Awesome work. It's uh, it's been it's been cool to watch you and, and Brody. I'm good friends with Brody Kane, and she's putting herself out there, mate. So, 
Appreciate you you leaving it out there, mate. Um, but quickly, we're going to dive into this, uh, you know, independent inquiry into the cycling New Zealand. Um, pretty damning evidence yesterday that's uh, been released. But mate, what's your take? How how are you doing? Obviously, a huge day. I know you knew Olivia yeah. uh, really well. Yeah, I I think the one thing that we've got to realise is that um, with Olivia's suicide, this was just like one of the straws on the camel's back. You know, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back, and I think that's one thing we need to point mm. out. Um, as far as it goes, I think it just does highlight exactly how we've been working in the high-performance environment, even from sort of my time where it, it is about medals, right? And, and it's, it's a hard balance because you've got one side where you've got taxpayers' money paying yeah. for all of these sports, and you need a return on your investment. So there's a very, very fine balance between trying to find the right mix of athlete well-being um, and then trying to get medals at the same time because we can't just give everybody some mm. cash and, and give them a bit of a cushy thing and say, oh, go and try your best. We, we still need to be looking at how do, we, how do we balance up everything that we've got. And, you know, a few, a few damning bits and pieces, you know, and, and cycling's quite unique because there's three disciplines mm. and a lot of them don't need to be centralised. They can be doing their stuff all around the country in their support networks and bits and pieces. And I think that was one thing that really showed up. But 100% with what you were saying, the culture, you know, driven from the top down, um, the CEO, high performance director, just that they, they were, they just weren't doing their job properly. And, and that's really what it comes down to. So don't need a witch hunt. We just need change because at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is put a really great environment in for the next decade or so, so that all the athletes coming through now can, can make, can have a, a fantastic run through the sport. Yes, there's been acknowledgement that shit happened in the past. You know, few apologies that are going to come out. And there's a lot of healing that needs to be done by a lot of people. But, you know, we, we've got to look at that and say yes mm. and acknowledge that. But then just look, how do we make this for the future so that we can get medals out of cycling? People can go through the program and say, that was fantastic. I had a great time in my life. Um, and that's the thing that we've really got to make sure we change. Hey, Eric, it's Kempi, mate. Both me and Louie have just gone on to double three, double three, and put that vote in for you. Um, so you've got a couple. Oh, thanks, It's probably, <laughs> probably just throwing you over the line there, so you're safe. Um, <laughs> mate, I've got, I got, got a question for you, and it's in around some of the stuff that you're talking about, the environment, the people that are in positions. You're talking about the high-performance director, but the people that sit above them too that are in the governance positions – how do we change the this review situation that happens throughout all the sports? Like you went through it with rowing, I've been through it with rugby league. Um, we've just seen this this cycling debacle. Isn't it more about the people uh, at High Performance New Zealand and the people that are being put in those positions that are the problem? Oh, mate, I, I've, I've got to say one of the biggest things that it, oh, it all comes down to is cash, right? Mm. Like you know, you, you have unlimited resources. You put in the best people. You have you have people checking up on you every day. How you going? You know you've got independent um, things inside your organisations. You know because at the moment athletes can't be like, man, I feel like I'm getting too much pressure. You can't go and tell anybody because you can't go talk to the high performance director or the CEO because they'll be like, oh, hard enough. But it's like that's not the style that that person needs. Mm. Um, you know, and then it even comes down to like athlete welfare in terms of like, at the moment it's a performance driven funding model. So. If you perform, if you perform one year, but then you perform badly the next year, you get cut, you know, and like your money goes down. So where's your security? Where's your, where you're sitting there going, shit? How am I gonna, how am I gonna feed myself? Like, mm. what am I gonna have to do? Do I have to leave and go home? And then you got pressure from the system saying you've got to stay here, you know. So 
there's, there's a lot of things, and I think a lot of it does come down to resources. And at the same time, we can't throw tons more resources at it. We've just got to find out how, how we make this mix. You know, and, and I'm still on the fence on the resilient side. Like, yes, you've got to remember entering these things, and I think that probably needs to happen a bit more. Is like when you enter the high-performance environment, you probably need, like, there needs to be something there like, hey, <laughs> this is what it's going to be like. It's good. You're going to take some tough knocks. Mm. And I think a lot of times it's just that this well-being side comes down to age and your maturity. So you see some people that come into it a little bit later in life, you know, after coming out of school, going into the workforce, maybe going through uni and then coming in. Then you get your 17-year-old, leave school, straight into a centralised program, do what we tell you, holy shit, then that stuff goes wrong mum and dad aren't there, like, mm. where do you go, what do you do? And I think that a lot of that is, is also that age and maturity around those programs at the same time. Yeah, a lot of accountability. That's what, what's happening when you're at the high level, mate. You're on, on the world stage. There's a lot of pressure involved. I think the key is is, is having those tools and resources at their you know, forefront yep. of them so they can, if they are struggling, to potentially go talk to someone. Hey, Eric, obviously yep. you, you've been a part of, uh, of an outfit that's been through – it struggles, but then you've come out the other side and, and someone, you know, a good friend of yours, Hamish Bond, the things you've done for Rowan New Zealand. So what are the what are the things you can kind of, you know, some examples you'll be able to share with Cycling New Zealand to be, be able to maybe help them come through this so this potentially doesn't happen again? What are the some things that really stand out in, in yeah. the rowing setup? Oh, we, we changed a lot in our rowing setup in 2016 and it was right on sort of my exit and, and we've been pushing it for years and years. And, and a lot of it just comes down to transparency, right? It's, you would have known when, you, when you're playing rugby, you wanted a list in the gym of everyone ranked order of how, what your bench press is, right? Yeah. You know, or your yeah. run. And you knew, you knew where you sit. Whereas what was happening is you do seat racing and you do time trials and stuff, you'd never get any information. So you're like, hang on, where's the transparency in all of this? So as athletes, we really pushed hard to make sure that Every, every test that's done, every race that's done, the transparency is there so that you can look at it and go, you know what, I'm, I'm sitting in fifth or sixth place and there's only four of us going, shit, I need to up my game. And, but if you don't have that information and it's kept secret from you, you're like, man, do they not like me? Where's the, you know? So I think a lot of it in that term does come down to just transparency of information from everything, all the decision making. Hey, guys. We're looking at planning to go overseas this year and do like two World Cups instead of three. And the athletes should say, hey, but we, it's mid-cycle. Mid, mid How about we go and do three? Is it not better that we get some bit more experience? And I think it's some, you've got to have a balance between the decisions made by that high level, but also the decisions made by the people that are actually doing it mm. that, that know best and that know what is going to work for them. And that's, and that's where there's always been that disconnect because they're like, hey, look, we run the program, you just row or you just cycle, or you just run, whatever. But you're like, hey, but I think this could work for me. And, and that's one thing is it's trying to make it as, as centralised as a, as a squad system as possible, but then at the same time having enough leeway that you can find bits and pieces off the side that are going to work for certain people. Hey, Eric, so if you've got a disconnect, okay, if you've got a disconnect, you've got a people problem, and then you're trying to get professionalism into an amateur that comes up to Cambridge and has to ride cycles and doesn't get the money through high-performance um, sport that uh, they need, we know that resources are a problem. 
how do you change the mindset of the people that are making those decisions so that you are getting a professional attitude and not one that is always under pressure and in a, in a mental space of probably thinking that they're a failure as opposed to a, a success? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question because it is such a fine balancing act because, you know, you do have athletes that are that are targeted as specific, like, hey, we've got... Um, you know, we've got ambitions for you. We think you could be in in uh, sorry in Paris at the Olympics. So a lot of the time and resources are going there. But then at the same time, you've got to be nurturing the people coming through, plus all the development stuff. And and it is hard. I don't know how I don't know how the system I don't know how how the best way for it to work will actually be. Um, but it, it is just making those decisions. And and it's also this is where that sort of the disconnect and and the sort of thing between the NSOs and high-performance sport New Zealand, where it, it was about medals, you know? So at the same time, if, if your job is in management to say, hey, we need medals, you just put your eggs into the basket so you know we're going to get that. And it, and it starts filtering off down the bottom that people get left behind. And that's what we, we saw in this report with cycling, was that, you know, they, they, they lumped a lot of eggs in the baskets to try and get some medals. And then all the other people just sort of get, you know, slowly pushed down to the bottom of the paper and, and slowly left behind, oh, well, shit, we forgot about those guys. We, we left them on the bus, you know. That, and that's literally what it sort of feels like for the athletes because they're like, does no one care about me? Like, we didn't do a review mm. after, our, after our effort. Okay, we might have got seventh or eighth, but they didn't come and talk to us about it. And that's what it showed in that report was that athletes just feel like they're worth nothing. And that's, and that's where you get that problem. That's mm, no, interesting, mate. We we really appreciate you coming on, Eric Murray. You're an outstanding man. We appreciate what you're doing on Dancing with the Stars. But um, also, we'll be watching this uh, conversation with interest over the next couple of days, mate. You take care and uh, get back to uh, preparing. And what's that vote? What's that vote number again, mate? Send uh, Eric to mm. double three double three. I'm literally about to go off to training now because we've got to uh, we're gonna we've got to work our ass off this week because it's semi final week and we want to make that final. It's, it's great fun, eh? <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, Eric Murray. Thanks very much, mate. All the best. Thanks, team. Also, awesome. Uh, just got a few little phone lines here for you. If you are out there and you're struggling, where to get some help? Lifeline 0800 543 354, available 24 7, and the Suicide Crisis Helpline 0508 828 865. That is 0508 Available 24-7 and youth line 0800-376-633 or text 234, available 24-7. Um, yeah, so if you ever need help, just give those uh, call um, numbers a call and they're open 24-7. They're there for you to voice your, your concerns. We're always talking about grassroots here and Saturday, Petoni won in dramatic fashion. Uh, it was a Swindale Shield game over rivals Huddle Boys. I'm pretty sure it was played down on the Avon. I'll have to ask Sam about, uh, about that. Tied at 20 all. The halfback, he looked like a front rower, gets out. He's like sprinting, charges down the drop goal and uh, it falls into Englishman Sam Blackburn. I think he had 20 one on his jersey, so he, I think Sam might have been like put in there as like, Rangy Lucy, <laughs> Rangy Lucy, put in there to, to to sort of make a massive difference. And he joins us uh, on the phone at the moment. Sam, did you come on just to just to do that, just to make sure that you guys could get home in that uh, that final what is it, eighty fourth minute of the game? 
Yeah, well, I was actually, uh, I was actually trying to find Tut at the end there. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought we should play out, play out the draw. To be honest, but no, nah. <laughs> nah, yeah, um, came on. It was my only touch, I think, of the whole game. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you couldn't have asked, you couldn't have asked for a better one, Sam. Just, just take us through that, mate. The the guy chasing you, the guy chasing you. Could you hear him breathing down your neck? Nah, I couldn't hear much. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I was a bit of tunnel vision, just trying to get the ball rolling end over end, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what was going on to be honest. So uh, until, until I had a pile of pile of the boys on top of me, so yeah. Mate, tell us about the post that, like, obviously you got up, <laughs> you, you're excited. Was was it a was it good celebrations? Or afterwards, or at the time? At the time, and maybe just a little bit of PG on the afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it was um, yeah, it was pretty pretty special moment. I mean, yeah, well, it's, you know, obviously you you, you you might have seen some of the hits be- mm. before the actual uh, uh, charge down, but I mean, it's a uh, I'm not sure how much you know about the game, but it's a historic um, mm. local derby, so it's it's a, it's a pretty enormous occasion really for the boys, and uh, yeah, to see the emotions after um, to, to to get across the line was was awesome, and then. Uh, Post game, I actually couldn't hang around too much. My my mum's over from the UK. I haven't seen her for a few years, so we we headed away. And uh, I think the boys um, held their own. Uh, you know, took 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 the ropes for for the celebrations after. So uh, yeah, nice. Well, you're having a solid season for Patoni. You're undefeated halfway through the season. So uh, your biggest challenge going forward, who's that going to be? Um. Yeah, there's a few coming up. I mean, we've got another six games of the regular season. There's still a, yeah, a couple of big games. Um, we've got Poniki next week, uh, this this Saturday coming up, so that, that'll be a, a big one to go back to back. Um, uh, but yeah, we're, I mean, we're uh, you know obviously as the cliche goes, taking each week by by a week. <laughs> um, but we we believe in ourselves. We've uh, put in quite a bit of quite a bit of work, and um, yeah, we think we've. Uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, got ourselves in a good position so far this season. So, uh, yeah, see how we go. Shane, it was quite inspirational what you did, you know, those locks flowing, and it was kind of hard not to get goosebumps watching it. Um, a acquaintance of ours, he, he has flown over the boundary rope a couple of times for his country. I can tell by your accent you are English. Baz McCullum coaching the Poms. What do you reckon about that? What's the bully coming out of uh, North, mate? Do, you, do they reckon that he can change the fortunes of England cricket? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, yeah, I'm quite a big cricket fan. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. It's um, it's definitely a left field one. But I mean, what what a what a legend to have um, uh, in the uh, in, in the England setup there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, from from my perspective, um, uh, I'm not sure there's been an Englishman that has made made a group of Kiwis so so happy that on, on Saturday I was I was pretty pleased to be in that position. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, awesome, awesome, Sam Black. But hey, quickly before we let go, Tupo Sapwanga. Is that that's Lima's brother, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, I think I had heard you just then calling him a halfback, so I think he'll take that. Nah, um, he ain't no halfback, he, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was the one who charged it down, so. Um, yeah, dad bod Sopawanga. Uh, yeah, he managed to... Uh, <laughs> Has he got a mouth to, like his brother? Oh, God, it's... Uh, yeah, don't get me started. But, um, yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, to get in that position and charge it down after 80-odd after 80, 80, 80 minutes was uh, next-level effort from him. So uh, fair play to the boy. Hey, Sam, have you phoned the coach up and said, listen, I don't want to be waiting for the 84th minute to get on again. Start me this week. <laughs> You'll be starting, surely. You're starting, surely, are you? <laughs> Oh, your words, not mine, mate. Your words, not mine. I'm, uh, yeah, not not my decision. So uh, no, see, I, I mean, it's 
we've had some yeah some pretty strong competition in the squad. I've been having to I've had to work hard to even get a spot on the bench this season. So um, yeah, no, it's um, we've got a, a strong squad and um, yeah, keen to keen keen to keep it rolling. Well, you definitely did that on the weekend, Sam. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Izzy and Kempe show this morning on SENZ. And, uh, mate, I know you'll play that reel a thousand times before the end of the yeah. week. Put it on everyone's social. Um, but, mate, go out there. You guys are going well. All the best for the rest of the season. No, cheers, gents. Thanks for that. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, appreciate your time. Man. Izzy and Kempe show, yeah. the big hit is Sam Blackburn. And do you know what? When you're uh, pounding the pavement as an amateur athlete, which mm. uh, you, you lads actually can't relate to, so this is where um, us mere mortals come into our own. So when I'm out there, you know, weekend what you, worrying... What do you think we didn't train, mate? We, we, no, we no, 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 hey, 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 let me finish. We, weekend warriors fit. out here, do you know what we are aspiring to? A club rugby game where they've got that dodgy, <laughs> they've got that dodgy camera angle from the one pivot point on halfway, and a finale like that. So that's you're right when you said you can play that back. That's all we've got to look forward to, and that is exactly what you ever would have wanted. Just to see, and you can share it on your Instagram, your LinkedIn. I'm putting it on my. That's a moment. If I'm Joe, I'm putting it on my Bumble oh, it's bio. It's a great moment. My Tinder bio. Watch it again and watch the guy chasing. Like, watch it again and watch the guy chasing. Like, he doesn't give up, but he knows he's never going to get there. And he just keeps on going. And then that bounce, you couldn't have got a better bounce. Sam couldn't have got a better bounce to score that try. Yes, Baz boss McCullum was confirmed as the new coach of the English cricket test team. We all know Baz Eslos down here on this show more than most. So will his hyper-aggressive mindset work well with the English? They're a tough crowd up there. And our man Andrew Miller knows he's the UK editor for ESPN Cricket Info. Evening to you, Andrew. Good, good, good morning over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Bring it on. Yeah, so so what was your initial reaction to the news Friday surprise? Did it catch you off guard? Well, so, someone showed me a, um, a, a tweet uh, before, before the news was announced. It says, Brendan McCullum, bloody blah, coach. I thought, yeah, tell me something new. Mm. And then I suddenly looked at it again. Test coach? Are you shitting me? <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, know, I, I never saw that coming. But, but then, I, then I stopped to think about it. I thought, you know what? I'll have some of that. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'm rather sold by the notion already. A, a bit like, I think, um, um, Andrew Strauss, Rob Key and co were sold by by Baz at the interview process. He, he gave him a vision. They thought, yeah, yeah, we like that. Yeah, well, well, I understand where you're coming from. Obviously, he's so renowned in the T20 with the white ball, his aggressive nature, but he has played 101 tests for New Zealand. He scored a triple 100, so he knows what it takes to take a team to the next level. He's done it with New Zealand. Um, you know, like, so can you, what are you expecting what changes? Obviously, you got a new captain with Ben Stokes, and you got Baz McCullum coming in. What, what, are you, what changes are you expecting? Well, mindset fundamentally. I've actually, I've been up in Leicester, Leicester today, uh, talking to Jimmy Anderson, and obviously he's he's uh, been out of the side um, over over the winter with in in the Caribbean. But he was. I asked him, you know, is is it is it simply a case of mindset? Can you simply, as a sportsman, able to just sort of take a new, fresh pair of eyes at something and think, yeah, okay, let's try something different? And he said, yeah, pretty much. You know, all these guys come into the side as pretty well-rounded cricketers, frankly. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, if they, if they don't come in with the, with the right game brain on, uh, they get found out. And, and, you know, a classic case, in my opinion, is Josh Butler. You look at what he's been up to at the, at the World T20 
uh, smashing, well, he beat, beat Australia hollow in, 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 in that group stage game, an amazing century against Sri Lanka, and he's been tearing up in the IPL. And somehow in between all of that, he had the ashes where he, he just looked, he looked, at, looked lost out in the middle, mm. frankly. And, you know, if he, could, if he can just take the mindset he had in white ball cricket and take it straight back into test cricket, I mean, it's not easier said than done where you've got Pat Cummins bowling around your head and for, for X number of overs of time. But, you know what? I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily that different. And as you say, Baz has done it. Mm. You know, he's, 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 he's uh, extrapolated his, his form into, obviously, got that world record 54 all century uh, mm. in his final innings. But, uh, but equally, he spent 13 hours getting a triple century. So, you know, he, mm. he's perfectly capable of, of, of translating it into a different format. So, you know, he's been there, done that, and I think he'll take that into his leadership. Let's not forget, Andrew, you've got a Kiwi captain as well as a Kiwi coach. So it's got world champions written all over it. Um, what, about, <laughs> what about what about Hussain and Goward, the, the old ex-players? What what are they taken to Bears being the coach up there? What's what's the media been like from those ex-captains of the of the English team? Well, I, I think broadly speaking, there's, there's support. I think there's, there's a real sense that something had to change. I mean, the worst thing England could have done was been played this safe and just, just gone, for, gone for a safe pair of hands because the last thing they need is a safe pair of hands. They've got to shake something up because uh, they, uh, you know, last time I was on, I, I, you asked me, how, how's it been for me? It's been woeful. Watching England playing <laughs> the worst test cricket I've ever seen, it's been really, really dispiriting. And I think that extends across to the old boys like Gower and, and Hussain. And obviously Hussain is a very um, close... Um, comrade of of Key of Rob Key, obviously working together in the in the Sky Sky Sports Studio for a long time, uh, and you know Hussein Hussein will be in Key's ear. He will he will tell Key when you know when he thinks he's playing a blinder and when he's not. He'll be pretty honest with him, and I bet you he 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 was saying to him, "What do you think? Give, give me your honest opinion. Would you would you would you back Brendan McCollum if I went down this route?" And the fact they've gone for it. Makes you think that, uh, broadly speaking, he comes in with the support of the mm. of the of the hierarchy, so to speak. Oh, I've spoken to Bears, and he knows um, the mammoth challenge that's ahead of him. Um, getting England cricket, and you know the respect and the responsibility that lies in front of him from the uh, the English pundits. They love the cricket over there. It's it's where cricket was, you know, invented and, and traditions lie at Lords, uh, the cricket ground there. There's so much history. Um, for for you, like, do do they have the troops? Can they rally behind Bears? You've got a new skipper, you've got a new coach. Do they have the depth and the troops behind them to get them back to where they need to be? That's a million dollar question, to be honest. I think they do. I I do think you know with with um, Joe Root and and Stokes close buddies and mm-hmm. Joe Root. Is, is is pound for pound the best best test batsman in the world at the moment? Yeah. Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad will be dunning to get back and prove a point. Uh, and then there's the young guns, and I don't know. I I, I think Zach Crawley because uh, uh, the one one thing about Baz that fascinates me. I mean, we, we did an interview with him at Crickin for a long time ago, and he he basically said something along the lines of. Uh, you know, actually, people might find this surprising, but everything about my cricket stems from my defence. If I'm watching the ball and you know playing the playing the good ones with a straight bat, everything else flows from there. I think I think you know Ben Stokes in particular will lap that up as a, as a, as a mantra because you know he's a, he's a guy who who can take a long time to to calibrate his innings before he goes goes for his big shots. And if that sort of mindset can permeate the team, that you know you know what I may be Brendan McCullum, but it doesn't mean I'm I want you going gung ho from ball one. Um, you know, play play the ball of merits or the rest of it, because uh, you know, not that I want to dredge up 
memories. I seem to do this every time I come on, but so the, probably the second worst memory you have of World Cup final. Um, what did Baz do on the, in, the, in that first day against Mitchell Stark? He didn't wash the ball, did he? <laughs> that yeah. first over, he, he said, he said, look, I, fundamental error. I didn't watch the ball. So if, if you can, you know, ingrain that, the mindset thing that, that I think he'll bring into his role, um, you know, it, it's just it's just a, just a bat and ball game, stupid. Just, just, just play it on merit. Mm. Hey, Andrew, has there been any talk about the backroom staff that are supporting Bears over there? Like, is there, um, you know, someone that we haven't thought about that's going to go in there and support him from a from a, uh, a like a co- coaching perspective or selecting um, perspective that we haven't heard of? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. There, there, has, there has been talk about some sort of um, almost a, an exchange scheme with the counties, just trying to get, get some of the some of the best county players to come on and, and give their input a bit more into the test side. Because you're right, the one thing that he does come in is perhaps with a, he doesn't have the badges, doesn't have all the coaching ECB level fours that, that uh, the previous regime thought was the most important thing. And so that does mean, you know, he may be maybe a little bit blind to some of the nuts and bolts stuff that come to, to being a coach. Um, so, yeah, that, that, is, that is an area that will be, will be important. But, you know, fundamentally, I think it's, it's really a case of just... just you know, trusting these guys. Once you've been picked for England, there is a general assumption. You know what? You probably know your game pretty well. You to have made it this far, trust your game. And I think that's that's the thing that he will be in, in, instilling into them right from the word go, starting at Lords, which I think is fascinating because uh, you know, way back again, you know, the Lords Lords 2015 Test match against New Zealand, pound for pound, my favourite Test match I've ever watched. It was an absolute corker, and it was also kind of a, a parting of the waves in, 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 in a little bit for England because, you know, the, the mindset that, that you, you had in that, that game where, where they're going hell for leather for five days, a lot of that got taken into the white ball game for England and obviously we know what happened with that, almost at the expense of the red ball game. Mm. So if they can tap back into that mindset with, with Baz on their side instead of the guy who's sort of aching them on from the New Zealand camp this time, um, it could, we could be in for a corker. Andrew, I know you like a good time. It's Louis here, mate, because uh, you've heard you, your gin and your family's gin exploits you've uh, mentioned from time to time on the show. Now, I don't know if you care about horse racing or you've been to Ascot previously, uh, Royal Ascot, but I'm just going to give you something here. Here is a feature that I can see ESPN Crick Info doing. You could get yourself in a top hat, a full penguin suit, take bears, meet bears down at Royal Ascot, the carnival. Talk. I'm thinking like maybe 18 months, a year into his reign. How Bears McCullum, the horse racing, um, hyper-aggressive cricketer, changed the fortunes of English cricket, cricket. Have a great day out at the races. I can see the photos. I can see the feature right now on your website. What do you think? Bring it on, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Morgan as well. That'd be a great day. Yeah, Morgs, that's right. <laughs> they, they love it, those lads. Oh, how they good. They do. And I, I tell you what, the, the, last, the last thing on that, though, the, having Morgan, Morgan and Baz, uh, almost mm. the white ball and the red ball head, head honchos in two different dressing rooms, almost talking from the same, same, same hymn book, I think, I think it could be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I know how much respect he has for Owen Morgan, yeah. and uh, he's obviously been part of the KKR setup. <laughs> Over in India. Um, quickly, before we let you let you get into your day, um, let's talk to us about the English setup. One thing I've noticed over in England is the celebrity status. So, how is Bears going to go from little old Matamata in his little ranch to the big lights of England over there? Will the red carpet London be flowing? Will the red carpet be club? Uh, you know, will the red carpet be rolled out for Bears? Skip McCullum will be hanging around with David Beckham and and rolling around with posh boys. Is that the kind of situation we're going to see with Bears? <laughs> 
He, he's coped with the IPL. I'm sure he'll cope. He'll cope, he'll cope with with our, our, our minute celebrity by comparison. I mean, nah, nah. He, he, I think I think he'll love it. I mean, you know, he's been over here plenty of times. New Zealand seems to be here every other summer in in, in the last few years. So it's uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be welcome back like an old friend. Awesome, um, awesome. Well, yeah, he is, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show, Andrew Miller. Always insightful as, as anything, and uh, appreciate your lead into what to expect for Baz McCullum when he's coaching the English Test side. Just getting used to that new saying, coaching the English Test side. Appreciate it, mate. Pleasure. All the best. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.